Y'all, we live in difficult times. There's war, political unrest, the pandemic, poverty, families being torn, communities ripped by gun violence and people dying every day. Police, injustice, it's all bringing so much pain. But y'all, we can look inside our minds and we can understand who we are, become better, and do this thing like we've never done it before. But it all starts with our mental health and I know we can do it. I believe in you because I believe in me and I believe in us. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Therapy Is Life where thinking, feeling, and experiencing well-being is the name of the game. That's right. Today <laughs> I have with me Naisha Perry in the spirit of Halloween and talking about trauma. Ah! Right? We want to start off by talking about ghosting. Ghosting, which is something that happens so often right now. Jeez, man. I just cut you off out of nowhere. Don't talk to you no more. I know some of you, maybe a lot of you, or maybe even all of you have ghosted somebody. Why are we doing that now? What are we afraid of? That we don't possess the assertive communication skills to tell people what we need, want, or expect. Because obviously at the end of the day, when we talk to people, when we engage them, we're developing relationships. And when we're developing relationships, mm -hmm. we are communicating. So why can't we? What is going on with us where we can't express what we need? We do the passive aggressive thing and we just ghost. I don't want to be a ghostbuster today, but that was a really good movie. <laughs> but what I do want us to understand is a little bit more about trauma, how ghosting may be sign or symptom of us avoiding dealing with the deeper issues and how we can use DBT and other approaches to get better when we struggled with trauma. Naisha, hey, what's going on? <laughs> As we get going in this conversation, what are your thoughts on ghosting? Ghosting has just become the norm. You know, I hear so many people who ghost other people. They've been ghosted. And we have the capability of just blocking people now on our cell phones. We're blocking text messages. We're blocking phone calls. On iPhones, you block somebody, you're done. On Androids, you block them. But then that toxic behavior where you're still watching the text messages to see, okay, let me check my block messages today and see who messaged me that I already blocked. Let me check my block calls. So we have the convenience, you know, and we're so able to actually ghost people and block people and just move on with our lives. Is it okay? Sometimes is it warranted? Yes, we may need to set that hard boundary and black people out of our lives. But I think today's focus is more on the ease and like why people ghost people instead of just addressing, hey, you know, I don't think we should continue on with this friendship. I don't think it's a good use of my time. Let's talk about it rather than avoiding the issue. You know, in the desire to be, let me say this, I think we do live in a instant gratification, push button society, right? Yeah. So 
the process of dealing with things that make us uncomfortable is becoming easier just to avoid more. Avoid, avoid, avoid. Heck, now we don't have to watch that TV show we don't want to watch. Cause, <laughs> or we can just push past the commercials yep, and everything. Skip. Skip or whatever. Off. Write people off. You know, the crazy thing about that, so much of being a human is about making connections. It's about having experiences where we feel safe and we feel loved. And so when we connect with people, we are making some type of connection that says that this has some value or some importance to me. The adversarial thing about, I think, about this whole thing of ghosting, it's reinforcing or taking away from our ability to actually communicate and have respect for each other. Yes. Because it's one thing if I'm feeling tired and I don't feel like talking today, I can put my phone on do not disturb. Yes. Or I can just not answer it. It's another thing to tell people, Hey, no, I'm not interested and feel okay about telling people, no, I'm not interested. It's another thing to tell people no and realize that no is a complete sentence. Yes. And what I mean is really being able to accept that and go with that as my answer, setting those boundaries, setting yep. those limits. And don't feel like, okay, I got to block them just because I had to tell them something uncomfortable because I feel uncomfortable. No. In life, sometimes people will say things. Yes. And in good relationships, sometimes people will say things to us that we really don't appreciate. But the value in those relationships is that you will find that you can disagree, but you will still have each other's back. Yes, tame relationships by communication. Yeah, yeah. But you got these people who are blocking and ghosting people that they've had long, healthy relationships with, or not so healthy relationships, relationships where there have been all these expectations and people haven't been assertive enough to really express mm -hmm. what their needs are their answer is to ghost. Yes. Unfortunately, that's, you know, that is an option. That is an option. But it's one option. But there's more than one yes, option. Yes, there's healthier, more effective options. When we're ghosts, we are avoiding. We're not maintaining relationships. We're not really valuing relationships. And we're not even learning how to grow and move forward from situations. We're just leaving ourselves stuck. So right. ghosting is, you know, ineffective. I understand there's different situations for different things, but if you just go somebody without even communicating effectively as to why you no longer want to talk to them or some issues that are going on in your, you know, relationship with them, you might need to see, you know, figure out what is it that you need to work on? What is my personal trigger? What is it that I really feel in this moment? That being said, that speaks to trauma. Yes. And how trauma may impact our ability to understand what boundaries, communicating assertively, mm -hmm. what our needs are, dealing with conflict. Because anytime we've had to deal with conflict in our lives, it's always been real bad. Yeah, absolutely. So we avoid. Yeah, we avoid. Last time I tried to explain to someone how I felt, they ignored me. So I am going to overgeneralize here and just think every time I try to express how I feel, nobody cares. So why should I try to do it anyway? I'm going to just ghost them. Yeah, I'm going to just ghost them. I'm going to just. And you know what? I listen to people talk every day about these cycles of these difficult, conflictual relationships they have. And I realize that oftentimes they are this way because they have been through so much trauma and pain. And what's even 
deeper is to realize that the trauma and pain that they have experienced is also the trauma and pain of the people that's around them. Because when they tell the story about their mama been through a whole lot of crazy stuff, when they tell the story about their daddy, daddy been through a whole lot of crazy stuff, their sister, their brothers, their loved ones, and now they, they all engage in this unhealthy communication style. And it becomes so toxic and overwhelming yeah. that, heck, it feels like blocking everybody, ghosting people is, the what way, we do. is what we do. We don't deal with anything. We just act like it's not going to happen. Yeah, you know, yeah. This didn't happen. Yeah. We want to avoid it. We want to just push everything up underneath the rug and not deal with it. Because when we actually have to deal with something, it hurts. Right. You got to be prepared for the feeling. So we understand the cognitive behavioral cycle where there's going to be a trigger. Something is going to emotionally trigger you. Right. It's going to upset you. It's going to make you feel uncomfortable. But we got to think about, okay, well, how does this make me feel? Well, do yeah. I think about it? Well, how am I going to respond? Sometimes we're triggered and we go straight to behavior. Exactly. That, what we call it, sympathetic nervousism gets triggered. Mm -hmm. We go to fight, flight, or freeze response. And we're not even thinking about, like, what should I really do here? And if you've been in an environment where reaction has always been the name of the game, we don't take time to understand. So this ghosting's association to trauma is establishing the fact that it's a way, an unhealthy way of actually dealing with the realities of communication and around our pain, our suffering, Mm -hmm. our hurt. So we live in this fear. It's a defense mechanism. Yeah. You know, we're in this cage. Yeah. And it's hard to get out of the cage because I'm so used to staying guarded and protected. And the moment something makes me feel uncomfortable, stop. You right. can't get too close. So I have to ghost you. I can't interact. I can't tell you how I feel. I don't want to feel uncomfortable. So I just have to act like I don't have to deal with it. Gotcha. Imagine, y'all, a world where you could actually express your needs. Tell people no. Remember, I said it's a complete sentence. Hear people's opinions and ideas, but then validate yourself and be able to also respect and validate the feelings of other people. Have disagreements. But yet at the same time, in the long run, realize that you're going to be good. Conflict is necessary, but how we experience it is so important to moving forward and making progress. So when we've been traumatized, it makes it hard. So look, we want to talk about some ways, some interventions for people that been traumatized to help them address their stuff. Cause y'all, we, I know we all got stuff. Come on. We all got our issues. If you're a human being, you got your issues. And if you're, if you're saying, I don't have no issues, I'm perfect. You already messed up right there. Right. Cause living and learning and getting better is always self-evaluation and being critical with self, right? To be fair to yourself is to self-evaluate before you evaluate someone else. So Naisha, yes. in terms of intervention, what would you say boy well we already touched on cbt a bit cognitive behavioral therapy and in that as therapists we focus on teaching clients the skills to be able to reframe their world to be able to look at the foundation of how they see their worlds how they think and being able to counter any type of negative self-talk or negative patterns with more positive and productive patterns so we're looking at decreasing some of the ghosting behaviors some of the trauma responses some of the unhealthy behaviors and increasing more effective behaviors right so i'm trying to 
reframe my thinking, my programming. So when it comes to conflict, I feel more comfortable expressing my needs. Absolutely. We do that through, you know, teaching about thinking errors, our thought distortions, teaching more about defense mechanisms, and just how our own core beliefs can actually be challenged in some ways so we can grow out of these negative patterns. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. You know, you say thinking errors. One of the first ones that comes to mind is this all or nothing, nothing thinking. Mm-hmm. This way, so either that way, it's yeah. no in between. It's always like this, it's always like that. And then you know, there's no other possibility. That can be very unhealthy. Absolutely. It, it, it keeps you stuck. You know, yeah. once again, you're stuck in a cage because you don't even allow yourself to be dialectical to see the gray area. It's mm. only my way or no way. If mm. it don't work like this, I don't want nothing to do with it. Got, gotcha. Well, we got to learn how to bend a little bit. Yeah, right? yeah. That's how we make changes. That's how we grow. We got to be able to ride that wave sometimes. Exactly, exactly. Because you know if you was out there trying to do a dance move, you're going to have to be all over the place. You can't just be a <laughs> dance move in one space. How I look trying to dance, and I'm just right here, right? I got to get that move on, right? I got to get that, you know, I got to move a little bit. Yeah, you know, so uh, I like the way you move. Okay, anyway, let me stop being so silly. Okay. Y'all, I actually really like being silly in in therapy sessions. I'm going to tell y'all a lot. That's like my number one thing, to be silly. But, Naisha, you said something about dialectical. Yes. Can you break that down a little bit? To be dialectical, you're able to see something from another point of view. Oh. It's not always about just how you see something, but what does the other person see, think, or feel? We got to put ourselves in other people's shoes sometimes. The world does not revolve around us. Oh, yeah. And so that's a very important form of therapy because I love that it allows us to look at different perspectives. Yes. And also I love how it embraces the idea of we don't get rid of the emotion we embrace the emotion Absolutely. and we see it as part of our process. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, cognitive behavior really doesn't focus so much on that, but it does to some degree. DBT, boom. Yeah. Let's embrace this emotion. Let's be aware of it. Let's embrace where we feel it in our bodies. Absolutely. Try to understand it. Mindfulness, right? Yes, mindfulness. The first module in DBT. How yes. to be mindful. How to just focus on one thing in the moment. Let's just be here. Be now. What is it that I need? How do I feel? Non-judgmentally. Right. Not judging. We're going for it is, you know, what is. It is what it is. This we're sitting on a couch. We're not saying the couch is ugly, it's pretty. We're not judging it. It is a couch. This is a situation. We are not judging it. So when we're mindful of things, it helps us get out of the judgmental mind, which helps us be able to think clear. Right, right. right. And not be so emotional or think something has to be right or wrong. Right. Let's not judge it as right or wrong. Right. And so it helps us not condemn ourselves so much for mm-hmm. our situations. Because so much of our perspective is self-condemning. Yes. And, of course, in CBT, we, we're trying to reframe our thought process. So we can see the world with a different perspective. We can reframe our thought. We can get out of that cage. Yes. Because... Yeah. yeah, too. So there's mindfulness. It's really helpful with trauma. Mm-hmm. Then we move into emotion regulation, getting our clients to understand what emotions are for. 
You know, I'm feeling sad right now, but what is, what is this feeling of sadness doing for me? Let me find the meaning in my sadness. Let's not judge it as good or bad, once again, but understanding our reality brain, right? How, the reality of a situation, our emotions about the situation, and let's make wise mind decisions. Mm. Understanding our emotions, regulating our emotions is important. You know, one of the things I love about that is I feel like that's the essence of wisdom. Because here's the playful part of me, the emotional part of me, yeah. right? And then there's the this rational adult and what my experiences are. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to take those two things together and make wise decisions. So I'm not going to leave my emotional side out of the equation because that emotional side of me makes me who I am. In fact, right now, as I speak to you, I think I've said this before, my emotional presence is being expressed as well as what I think I know intellectually. I don't know if I'm that smart, but you know what? <laughs> like all of it is coming out in this show. You know what I mean? So even the way we might be dressed, our emotional state is influencing it. And so, but we take our emotional state with our experiences, the things we've learned, the emotions we've experienced in, in different situations, and it helps us become wiser Absolutely. in our decision-making. So we don't avoid it, we embrace it. You know, because a lot of times I think people, they want to avoid and deny their emotional state, which that's so against the dialectical principle. So what happens is when they get in life experiences, they don't use that part of them to actually make different types of decisions. Because when we, but when we do that and we do it non-judgmentally, then it allows us to be better decision makers. Absolutely. Oh my God. Yeah. So yeah, then distress tolerance. Distress tolerance is highly effective when working with clients. When we think about distress tolerance, how do I tolerate a stressful situation? Some things we can't avoid. We actually have to sit through, we have to feel, and we got to deal with it. So it's all about two things. Number one, how do I get through this situation without making it worse? Number two, I got to radically accept that I can't change this. What'd you say? Say that again. Radically accept. So radical Ooh. acceptance is key because we're not saying I agree with it, but I got I don't have a choice. I got to roll with it right now. As you know, we have children who go through things and we have to radically accept where they are and their stages of development. We may not agree with their attitudes their poor hygiene, you know, trying to figure out their own identity. I don't agree with how it's going, but I can't change it. So I'm going to meet my child where they are in their journey of development. I got to just learn how to cope and deal with it because I can't change it. You know what? That's like a far out example, but... Maybe no. that's something that I can relate to is having a teenager. Oh, I got to radically see. accept a lot of things about my teen. Um, so that was the example that came at the top of my head. No, but no, it makes <laughs> so much sense that you got to accept it. The yeah. kids are going through their own process and figuring things out. You know, oftentimes tell parents, if children did not need, if children had it all figured out, they wouldn't need parents. But mm-hmm. understand, being children, you they're going through their own process. So you have to allow them to go through their process and figure Mm -hmm. some things out. If you're trying to manage every aspect of it and trying to control every part of them, they ultimately won't understand themselves, nor will they Mm -hmm. understand what you was trying to teach them. So you give them guidance and direction and you move them through the process so they can become better individuals. Yes. And later they can appreciate you for it. Things you've done, you know, like I, I always say to my parents now, like, look, you know, God, man, I really appreciate what you was trying to say back then. 
Because back then when you were saying it, it was getting on my nerves. And, and also as it. parents, we're not always right. You know, they gotta um, teach us sometimes. Yeah, yeah, they gotta correct. Always, yeah, we're not always right, and sometimes it's not that our we have bad intentions as parents. Mm-hmm. It's just that our children's visions or ideas may go beyond our understanding, and we may not see where they're where they're going. You know, oftentimes I think about that that movie Straight Outta Compton, okay. and you know, this is not a, a this is not a statement of character, but a statement of situation. Where, you know, Dr. Dre was in his room with the music every day. Mm-hmm. My life, my life, my life. Right? Boom. Ain't no sunshine. Okay, he stopped. He stopped. <laughs> right? So he was in there, right? And so he doing his thing, right? And his mom comes in and she's fussing at him because she couldn't see the vision. But her intentions were good. Yeah. And look what he turned into. Yeah. Yeah. So, but anyway, this is a situation, not a character thing. So let's not get it twisted.